October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month, and in today's episode, we look at the increased economic threat of cybercrimes. Good morning, Africa. Welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Financial institutions within the East African region have lost more than $10 million to hackers in the past six months, according to data from Interpol, citing an increase in the number of cyber attacks in the past 12 months. Globally, the month of October is set aside as a Cybersecurity Awareness Month, and we spoke to analyst Martin Karunji on the extent of these incidents. So it would be very unfair of me to put a figure to what the losses are, because first of all, the losses vary, and they vary very, very greatly. First of all, because there is non-disclosure, right? Um, Banks are very sensitive institutions. They're not the kind of people who want to be putting their business out there because of reputational risk. Uh, And so to give a figure, I'll be telling a lie. Uh, however, there is a lot of damage done, obviously, because they are, they are the guys that handle your money, right? They put, it's where you go every day, it's where your salary goes, it's where you do your shopping, it's, 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 it's where all these essential things you like to do happen from. So definitely there is loss, but I, I would feel I'm doing injustice if I have to put a figure to how much institutions, financial institutions are losing in cyber-related incidents. But what I can tell you, they are having sleepless nights because everybody now knows that is the place to play in. There's a greater hack value in hitting a bank, hitting an insurance firm, hitting a uh, uh, microfinance. Basically, anybody who is doing transactions, I mean, you hear Bitcoin is also, you know, not Bitcoin, but cryptocurrencies in general, uh, you know, occasionally face some challenges around uh, cyber-related items or, or matters. So that has to be put to mind that because of the fear of reputational risk, the, the true figure really is not out there. Unless you want me to give you an estimate of what I think, and that is what I'm thinking is what you'll Google and you'll find, and I don't want to be the kind of person who's giving you Google facts. <laughs> it's not fair to, to you as a listener. But you're looking between 100 billion a year worldwide, and you're looking at everybody in, 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 in unison, right? You're not singling out a single individual. And that is just me telling you what I think is, 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 uh, is, is probably an industry figure. Most people think of cybercrime as rather sophisticated, but the stats seem to point it being way easier than we assume. So what's the most common form of cyber-related crime? To answer that, I mean, the biggest form of cyber-related crime really is, uh, and, and I'm going to give you from a, a context in my, the space I'm playing in right now, you will find that it's uh, fi- uh, financial transactions that are being, uh, so basically fraud. Um, you're looking at people also doing a lot of con, uh, con jobs, right? So you have a lot of con artists out there. It's gotten a bit more advanced. We have guys now who can design uh, very smart software that can light your systems and they're harvesting, harvesting passwords, they're harvesting uh, card numbers, they're harvesting PIN numbers, ETC from devices, from telephones, ETC. So that so far, if you ask me, is, is the biggest, right? Um, also, I'll shock you. If, if you're looking at big, big is also relative, right? Big could be at an individual level, could be at a station, uh, nation state level, it could be at an industrial level, right? There are people playing in a space called ransomware. And when you get ransomware, you, are, you basically have a piece of software that runs in your environment, and your environment basically means your computing assets, so laptops, desktops, phones, and it captures your information and says, look, pay X amount of money if you want your information back. 
a great mistake is being committed. Uh, a lot of money is being lost to companies, institutions, organizations that are paying back uh, the money. Now, they're not going to do it to an individual. You and I are not that valuable enough to send ransomware to. The guy who really has some weight is somebody who is pushing large, uh, large sums of money around or running very big uh, operations, right? Imagine uh, putting ransomware to an electricity company, right? Think about that. That's crazy. That basically means that if this guy does not have certain information or cannot push certain commands to his systems, there will be no electricity to you. Uh, so already that in itself is crazy because somebody is going to ask you for $16 million, $20 million, $100 million. I mean, if you follow some of the material that's out there regarding uh, ransomware attacks on utility, you'll be, you'll be, you'll be surprised how big uh, the, the ransom request is, right? Think about ransom like kidnap. So I have your baby and I'm telling you, yeah, give me X amount of money and I give you back your child, your wife, your spouse, your father, your mother. So that's also, I would call it the biggest form because of how much in terms of value is being taken away from the companies. The COVID-19 pandemic led to an increase in digital transactions and online related practices. But with this comes vulnerabilities as most businesses were not ready for the investment into this security arm of their businesses. Have they been able to adapt in time to these changes? Uh, the pandemic is uh, its one of those things we have learned how to adjust to and had to move very quickly to. Uh, there is no need for very large investments. The need is on covering the basics, right? Think about it. I mean, it, it's like wearing a shoe that has laces. You must tie the laces, otherwise you're going to trip. Right, you are definitely going to have uh, a Humpty Dumpty kind of fall. We don't need very extreme technology uh, to be able to manage workers that are accessing our systems, accessing our networks, accessing our workplaces remotely. We just need to have the, the basics in place, right? So if you're talking about uh, remote workers, you want to have VPN access to your offices, you want to have uh, a good firewall, Right, uh, and I hope this uh, conversation is for both technical people and also, you know, uh, listeners that have uh, an enthusiasm for, for, for cyber security. And I mean, a firewall is a very basic piece of equipment. It can be appliance or software that basically just uh, guides traffic or guides access to, to your networks. So th these are very basic things. I, and uh, the truth of the matter is what causing this high trend and, and an uptrend in uh, working during the pandemic has become a bit risky for, for, for companies is because of the fact that basics are not in place, right? Think about it. If you had to walk every day to your workplace, sit inside, we have set up parameters for you to be safe right in there. But now everybody has to access the workplace from a different location. Uh, and so, so basic things like password hygiene, right? So don't use simple passwords, right? Use passwords that have a level of complexity. You've been to websites where when you're registering, you can't use your name and your birthday and things like that, right? So and that, that's very basic stuff. So there is really no need to go very expensive. Uh, the need is to be able to get the basics in place. Once the basics are in place, that makes our life very easy because then we can do monitoring. We can see that uh, Martin came and, you know, downloaded an email, a PDF file at 2.15 a.m., right? 
because of the pandemic, as you know, people have switched uh, patterns of work. This was one of the things that really got us a bit stressed out in the beginning. Uh, because as I mentioned earlier, I'm in operations. And uh, being in operations means that, you know, you have to monitor screens and you're seeing things happening at odd hours. Because we were used to 8 a.m. to 5, 6 p.m. in the evening. But suddenly uh, you have a manager coming on at 2 a.m., at 3 a.m. Uh, we used to raise flags until they actually confirmed that, yes, I was actually working at that time. Right, probably they spent the day resting and they worked during the night. So these very basic technologies <clears throat> make it very easy for us to be able to to uh, to pick out and 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 be able to to manage the risk of working remotely. Uh, if the, what, what I would call the best next steps for uh, the sectors or industries or organization is really to get people that have knowledge, have experience, but also do awareness, right? Awareness has become our biggest loophole. Reason being is you might put all these controls in place, but if your staff are not aware of uh, malicious websites or malicious links that come through email, what we call phishing, you know, where they go and click on a, on a link or click and download a document and try to double click on it after they've downloaded and then it captures your system, then it runs through your network. There's a whole myriad of things that go on when, when these uh, bad practices happen. You're already opening up your organization to trouble because your staff, uh, your people, don't have the adequate uh, knowledge uh, how, how to handle, right? Think about it. It's like if you had a home with uh, somebody who guards at the gate, the people in the house can't be lax, right? They have to lock the doors, close windows. If you have an internal alarm, you know, if there's a CCTV system, you there's all these little things you have to do, you as the owner of the house, right? As much as you have these guys at the, at the perimeter. So that is the same way we need to approach cybersecurity. We need to really go out and strongly on awareness so that we prepare our people adequately. That was Martin Karunji, a cybersecurity analyst. Airways and British Airways have signed a code share agreement seeking to enable customers to fly to more destinations across Europe. Customers flying from Nairobi with Kenya Airways will be able to seamlessly connect onto 26 destinations across the United Kingdom and Europe. And on the other hand, customers flying with British Airways from London will be able to connect onto 20 destinations served by KQ. Sudan's Prime Minister Abdallah Hamdok was put under house arrest after an identified military force occupied his house. This is according to Al Hadath TV, a local news network. The reported house arrest comes shortly after Sudan's military arrested Hamdok's media advisor. Unidentified military personnel also arrested four cabinet ministers and a civilian member of the ruling sovereign council. And look at our markets and securities. MTN Rwanda announced their trading session recorded a turnover of Rwanda francs, 621 million 600,000 worth of bonds traded in one in one deal in one deal on the fixed income market and 5,150,000 Rwanda francs from 28,500 MTN Rwanda shares traded in two deals on the equities market. The RSI and all shares index remained constant to close at 104.58 and 146.16 respectively. 
Moving on, the Central Bank of Kenya collected about 15.9 billion Kenya shillings at the weekly Treasury Bills auction out of bids worth 17.8 billion Kenya shillings, a performance rate of 74.23% out of 24 billion that was offered. The most attractive instrument was the 91-day Treasury Bills, which received bids worth 6.52 billion out of the 4 billion Kenya shillings that was on offer, with government's fiscal agent accepting the entire amount. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. And if you have any suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website, that is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me on Twitter at the Kfinancial.